It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, September 30th, 2020. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Officials reported two new coronavirus cases in Sitka on Monday. One young person between the ages of 10 and 19 was tested on September 26th, according to data provided by the city. She had symptoms at the time of testing. Her case is classified as secondary, meaning she had known contact with another person who tested positive. The second patient is a woman in her 50s. She had symptoms when she was tested on September 26th. Her case is tied to community spread. This makes six cases that are currently active in Sitka, according to city data. The city's alert level has gone up to moderate, and alert levels for both Mount Edgecombe High School and the Sitka School District have increased. Officials in Yakutat are asking those who visited local businesses in the last two weeks to get tested for the coronavirus. That's after several out-of-state visitors to the remote community tested positive. The Yakutat COVID-19 Incident Command announced on Monday that the group visited Yakutat for about a week and left on September 20th. Some started showing symptoms while in Yakutat. Others did not show symptoms, and others had symptoms once they left. They visited local restaurants, bars, and businesses. All of them have returned to their home states, according to a press release from Yakutat Public Safety. Local officials have reported no new cases since last week. They're reporting eight total cases of the coronavirus and two active cases. One of those was tied to community spread. A dip in enrollment due to the pandemic could have financial consequences for the Sitka School District if the numbers don't improve. At a recent work session with the Sitka Assembly, members of the Sitka School Board reported that the district, even with significant CARES Act funding, may still fall over $700,000 short this year. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. Bottom line, it's just going to be a weird budgeting year for Sitka schools. The district has spent about $1 million responding to the coronavirus pandemic on personal protective equipment, laptops and tablets and so on and has received about $700,000 in CARES Act funding to cover those expenses. So there's a bit of a shortfall there. However, there's another larger problem on the horizon. At a work session with the Assembly on September 24th, School Board President Amy Morrison said that Sitka is down 53 students this year. If that's the number that we still have at the end of October, when it's our official count, um, we stand to lose about $715,000 from the state that we were that we included in our budget. Morrison added that the district did not have much wiggle room since most of its expenses are personnel costs and under contract. There were other variables in play too, namely that schools were operating with some windows open to improve air circulation, but it came at a cost. Our heating bill will probably be substantial. There is possible relief for the district and the city's overall CARES Act appropriation, $14 million received from the federal government, which must be used for pandemic mitigation. Not all of the funding has been appropriated yet because the city is still assessing the impact of the complete loss of the 2020 cruise season and the generally weak commercial fishing season. Morrison said that the school board understood that the city was facing financial problems of its own. We know times are tough for everybody. We know you have a lot of different places you can spend that money. 
and we just want to be sensitive to that. And um, if there's other places, you know, we want to do our part and take our fair cut, just like everybody else has to. But at the end of the day, if you guys have extra money and you need somewhere to give it, we would, you know, we could spend it and we could spend it on the COVID related expenses for sure. City Hall has run some preliminary numbers. Municipal Administrator John Leach said that Sitka was looking at an overall shortfall in sales taxes of between 4.7 and $6 million. Earlier that day, he had asked city department heads to find 10% to cut in their budgets just to survive. But he did not consider schools to be inconsequential. Rather, Leach said that education was one of three duties of municipal government. And that's uh, our public works, our public safety, and our schools. Anything after that, I, I will call that an above-the-line type project, and the staff is more or less going to have to make a proposal to me on why it's important and what the impact is if we don't do it. Um, so us working together through the budget cycle this year is going to be extremely important. Um, and, and my question to you, and I hope this doesn't get misquoted in the paper, is that uh, um, I hope that you guys focus on the three R's, the reading, writing, arithmetic, uh, and, and start there and find out what the basics are. And, uh, and you know, because I, I think this shortage is going to hit everybody. Sticking to the basics is part of the budget conversation in the Sitka School District, even in a, a normal year. Defining what a basic education means to the community is an annual challenge for the school board. This year, though, education may be as streamlined as it's ever been. Board member Eric Van Sice was conciliatory with the assembly and honest. We want to be good partners, he said, but there is not a lot of fluff. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The Sitka Assembly is postponing its decision on how to distribute $50,000 in funding to the community's nonprofit organizations until it has more clarity on its own budget. Every year, the Assembly sets aside money for grants to nonprofits, many of which provide social services in the town. This year, nine nonprofits applied for portions of the available $50,000, including organizations like Braveheart, the Sitka Fine Arts Camp, and Sitka Counseling. But with a precarious city budgeting season on the horizon for the next fiscal year, a majority of the assembly, including member Tor Christensen, wanted to hold off on distributing the funds. I'm advocating postponing, not canceling this. I mean, though it may look a little different at the time. I think the picture will be a bit clearer in two months. This will allow us to have a better picture. Member Kevin Knox said the small grants were crucial and urged the Assembly not to postpone the distribution of the funds. He said the money helps organizations gain leverage to get more money, and for many of them, their proposals wouldn't be covered with Federal CARES Act funds, which has strict parameters. Member Stephen Eisenbeis was also wary of postponing. I understand delaying the vote. I understand going forward with the vote now. Um, it's been budgeted. We, we knew that this was coming up. Uh, we would have had an opportunity during budget times to pull it back if we thought necessary. But uh, we also didn't know the breadth of this, uh, of this COVID. During public comment, several applicants to the grant program asked Assembly members to reconsider postponing a vote to distribute the funds. Michelle Friedman at Braveheart said her staff had budgeted in anticipation of receiving the grant, and COVID-19 had made grant funding even more crucial to the organization's operations, as they usually depend on public events to make up some of their fundraising. We um, 
you know, usually make a good chunk of money from Alaska Day, and then we make some money on our bowls event, and those things are not happening this year for us. Um, we, you know, we had a plan for a spring event that just couldn't happen because of COVID. So it is a really um, time that we knew, do need this money coming in, and we've budgeted it, we've planned on it. Assemblymember Richard Ween said now was not the time to be moving money from the general fund. When the city had CARES Act money, they could direct towards some of the nonprofits that applied. I would like to make sure everybody's happy. Uh, but the thing is, is that the city has to be happy as well. Otherwise, we're just going to be Shell Silverstein's tree. And I don't think that's a place to be. The Assembly voted 4-3 to three to postpone the distribution of the funds until its first meeting in November. The vote was 4-3, to three, with members Paxton, Knox, and Eisenweiss voting against the postponement. Taking a look at the community calendar. The Forest Service requests comment on a proposed update on how e-bikes are managed on national forests until Monday, October 26. To learn more or comment, follow the link posted on the community calendar. All are invited to join search staff for free fitness walks at 4.30 p.m. Wednesdays through September 30th at Lower Molar Field. Attendees are to follow COVID-19 guidelines. Required registration for Sitka Public Library's weekly preschool craft grab-and-go bag program until October begins at 10.30 a.m. Wednesday, September 30th. Call 747-4020 to register. Space is limited. St. Peter's Episcopal Church holds prayer service noon every Wednesday via Zoom. To join, contact the church by emailing stpetersbytheseak at gmail.com. Southeast residents are invited to learn how to choose a health care agent who can make medical decisions on their behalf if unable to do so at 6 p.m. today via Zoom. Participants will also be taught to be a health care agent if asked. To register, contact Aaron Mathis at 966-8720 or email emathis at search.org. Sitka Tribe of Alaska's Natural Resource Committee meets at 6.30 p.m. today via Zoom. For information, email jeff.feldpausch at sitkatribe-nsn.gov. The public is invited to attend. The Al Gross for U.S. Senate campaign holds volunteer organizing meetings at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays via Zoom. Everyone is welcome. You can sign in by following the link on the community calendar posting. The Sitka contact can be emailed at vvasquez at dralgrossak.com. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. This 